Hello, everybody. This is Erica. This is Shari. And this is April. And you are now listening to Three Sykes and a Mic. Just as a disclaimer, although the contents of this show may be educational and therapeutic in nature, this should not be considered a replacement for therapy with a licensed professional. If you would like more information on how you can find a therapist in your area, please contact us on social media. Happy week, everybody. I was going to say a day, but realize people are going to listen to this on different right. days. I thought so. you were about to say happy holidays, which was about to make me excited. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no. Happy, happy day. Happy day. Oh, happy day. Yes. Oh, happy How day. How is everyone? Oh, happy day. <laughs> um, I guess you could tell how we're doing by that intro. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing really good over here. I am accepting joy in spite of what Mm. life looks like. That's I like that. That is a word, girl. That'll preach. That's a sermon. (laughs) That that is a full sermon right there. I feel like that's the sermon of 2020. Yes. That's going to be somebody's New Year's sermon. Okay. Put on a t-shirt. Okay. Look out for that t-shirt line. I feel coming. like we just, we keep talking about these t-shirts and mugs <laughs> and things. We just need to go ahead and start, yes. start ramping it up. I'm doing great because Friday was the beginning of Countdown to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and so my week has been, my weekend has been filled with amazing Christmas movies. Are you talking about Hallmark? Hallmark, <laughs> Lifetime, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Like I am on an up channel. We in there. Oh, my goodness. And I uh, check out Lifetime if you're looking for the black Christmas movies and up the up movie channel. Speaking of real quick, has anybody else been seeing this advertisement for a black movie and TV station called UMC? I've heard about it probably because I don't have real cable. I don't get the advertisements, but I have heard I've seen it, I think. On Facebook? Yes, so that's the only place I've seen. Yeah. But I I think I'm going to subscribe because every, like, little preview kind of thing that I've seen has been like, that looks like it's going to be a really good show. But I'm really interested in seeing the one called Here We Go Again with Wendy Raquel. I think. Thomas? Wendy Raquel. Robinson. 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 That's it. From the game. (laughs) I love her. And Harvey show. And Latoya Luckett. Oh, and it looks like it's so good. So I was like, I want to watch this. And then there's another one with um, Persia White and um, oh, the guy from Malik from the game. Oh, from the game. What um, was his name? That one looks good. Ho- Jose? Jose. Jose Chanchi. Yes. yes. And then there's another show. I mean, it was like, like the like good black actors but they're usually not on like your main you don't see them too much on like your mainstream shows but you see them on the good black movies and tv shows so i was like you know okay i wonder do they have a channel like that you can subscribe yes, to it is of, a channel that okay. you subscribe to it's 4.99 oh, oh that's not bad at all and it's called UMC. Y'all getting a free plug. So if y'all want to shoot us, you know, a little bit of, you know, something for this advertisement. <laughs> but it no, it really looks really good. And I'm just really into, like, promoting um, black TV and film these days. My mom recently got me to sign up. 
for another streaming thing called Philo. Yes, I was about mm-hmm. to ask you what that was because I remember you talking about it. So, and I don't think Philo is, ex- it's not exclusive to like black shows, but it does have all of the black networks on Philo, inclu- but it also has your Hallmark, Shari. It has, um, you know, Lifetime, the ID channel. Like, it has a lot of the other popular ones. And so that's what I've been using instead of, like, um, you know, purchasing some of the other live TV mm-hmm. um, stations. Um, I've been using Philo, and I think it's, like, 5 or $7 or something like that. It's It's pretty cheap, so... Anyway, but look into that. I'm trying to cut back on subscription services. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, I canceled Audible. I canceled um, my Audible. Uh, I don't know how I feel I about that, but I did. Do you have um, a library card? I don't, and I remembered you saying that, and that was one of the reasons why I why I canceled mine because I said, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm gonna get my audiobooks yep. from the library, and I just I need to get one. I was a little hesitant because I am. I am that library delinquent. I listen. I was just saying, an example of grace is the fact that I am still allowed to get library cards. <laughs> I agree. Because since a kid, I remember Birmingham Public Library. I was like, I'm pretty sure I have funded a wing mm-hmm. of this building with my late fees because I would always check out like ten books at a time. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And of course, it would be late. <laughs> right, I have a book you now. Can't read I them all. can't read them all. I got a book now. It was due October one. On my nightstand. Oh, and I'm no. like, I just need to buy. I just need to buy this book. Because I, re- I renewed it three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and buy it. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm that person that just, I, I I don't pay the fees because I just never return. Like. Oh, shoot. Oh, you that I'm, person. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm, I'm, I'm that person. <laughs> oh, no, like, I found one of the books I lost. I just found the book. <laughs> <laughs> probably two weeks horrible. ago and it was from book club from like i want to say a year and a half ago oh lord oh, gosh. was it american marriage no no oh, i okay. actually didn't i had that one on kindle or something like yeah. that this was <laughs> they gonna you gonna find your picture Her on picture. a wall right. you girl that's why i said i just don't go back because i already know i already know i'm either gonna owe y'all about four hundred dollars <laughs> But this book that only cost seventeen ninety nine. Oh man! But yeah, so I'm I'm concerned. Take my book back now. You got me nervous. Let me go ahead and go back. I was so scared to get a library card in Florence again because I knew I was like the like book bandit from when I lived there before. And I was like, well, they probably ain't gonna let me get a library card, but they did. They have no fees. I don't know how. Not the book bandit. (laughs) But I was told that. They have now done away with library fees. I'm not sure how true that is. It might be true. I'm, well, let me not say it's not true because my mama told me this and I would essentially be calling her a liar. But <laughs> Don't get a whooping. According to my mother, <laughs> um, they've done away with um, collecting fees in general now. Where? At the library. At all of them? I, I, I don't know. I guess. I don't know if it's just the state. I don't know. I need to I know look into sometimes it. libraries will have like grace periods where like yeah. if you turn stuff in that, you know, but, yeah, because um, some people don't turn in books because they can't afford the fees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That'll be good because I know this book is about 20 some days late. <laughs> that I have. So I don't even know how much it is anymore. It was like a nickel a day or a quarter a day when I was a kid. Oof. That's expensive. That is as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is now, though. Let me look up my account. Yeah, you might need to check your account. 
outstanding fees. I don't think I'm past the point. I I should still be able to renew it though. Mm. Like even when it's like just I do the same thing at my at the library on campus. Oh god, same thing. Yes. Maybe like, oh, but you can check out Dr. stuff for like ninety days at a time. Yeah, as a That's professor, a good thing about like campus. A, yeah, as a professor, a faculty person, like your your time is just different from students. So yeah, and I still be okay. like. Turn your library <laughs> books in, people. Yes, don't don't be turning like us. Don't don't be like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all, I have a question of the week. Okay. That I want to get, pick your brains about. Um, really good question. I thought about it myself, and you know, I definitely came up with some different ways in which I do this. But the question is, how often do you push yourself outside of your comfort zone? And how do you do it? I got married. (laughs) Well, I guess that's a good one. When was the last time you pushed yourself outside your comfort zone? (laughs) Erica. Because, honey, let me tell you something. She is not comfortable. Okay. (laughs) She's like hella outside of her comfort zone right now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean... I'm not saying I'm unhappy. That is right. not what I'm saying. Clarify. Saying it's new. It is it's new. And it's it is very completely new. outside of my comfort zone. And so how how do I, um, yeah, like you, you're, once you're outside of your comfort zone, you have to, you then have to adapt. You, you adapt. have to learn. Okay, how am I going to respond to this? I'm either going to respond in a way that's going to it's going to make me crazy because I'm going to be living in a place of expectation that it's going to function how things function in my comfort zone and that's not the case or I'm going to accept that things are different and figure out how can I still maintain or learn a new set of what's normal and what's happy and what's healthy for me in this new space that's good that's good that's a lesson i like that that's good well mine is not nearly as uh, (laughs) (laughs) impactful uh i tried a new dish at trader joe's Last I mean, range, right? Well, there because for me, I tend to <laughs> stick with the same things when it comes to food because I don't like, I don't mind trying new things. I just don't like being disappointed by food. Like, mm-hmm. I, food is my hobby mm-hmm. and I really enjoy it. And um, I'm not a big fan of salmon. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I it has to be right? seasoned. Like, I don't like fishy fish, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to do better about like what I eat and, and all this stuff. So, they had this um, smoke salmon with everything bagel seasoning and i was like "Ooh, that i don't know april that i was like you know oh, what I just try it good. like the worst that could happen is you don't like it and with trader joe's you can take it back so I was like, you know what i'm gonna go ahead and just try it and see and i ended up really liking it i was like okay you know that was cool trying something new trying something different mm-hmm. so that's the most recent that's a good one that's yeah a good example that is a good one because my husband is still a little saucy with me because I didn't try these lobster tails that he Ooh, cooked. Lobster tails are amazing. Last they night. Are so good. But first of all, don't cook me lobster tails of food that I have not eaten before. Tell me a story about how your coworker just went into anaphylactic shock no. yesterday oh. from <laughs> a 
fish that she's, you know, been exposed to. Right. And then maybe that's not me, the best way to introduce right. it. And then tell me to introduce a new food into my <laughs> system. Like it's not the no, best way to introduce that's it. That's probably not gonna work. Yeah, no. And I was like, he's about to be mad because he done did his thing on these lobster tails, and I'm not even about to taste it. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> that's funny. That is not the best way to introduce it. Maybe he just not at all should have took he, a different. He wasn't thinking. Yeah, he wasn't he's thinking. Like, he just thought he was sharing the story. Right, that's like, all. Why did you tell me this story? Like I know it was like separate context, but then it's like. You too know, funny. I put two and two together. You know how my brain works. Exactly. That just exactly. wasn't a good idea. Like the way so. my anxiety set up. Please exactly. Don't, don't do that. You, <laughs> like you trying to get some insurance money. Right. Girl, listen, listen all the time. I be telling him like, listen, like I've I've put everybody on standby. Like I don't think that you would, but like you know, we watch too much ID channel together, and you know, you just seem too excited about some of these episodes. So I. <laughs> You know, yeah, I think my so that the reason that this question has been on my brain is because we talked about I recently scheduled a photo shoot and Mm -hmm. I am it is all the way outside of my comfort zone. Like even when people are like, oh, let me take a picture of you. I'm like, "Uh, let me send you one, you know, like (laughs) I got mine that I'll send you that I've already, you know, agreed that this is how I should look in photos. So (laughs) this is definitely outside of my comfort zone. I'm so awkward in like pictures and stuff. I I never know where to put my hands, you know, (laughs) it's, it's weird. And so I'm trying to figure out how do I like move into this space of operating outside of my comfort zone without being completely like, takeover because I tend to have a takeover spirit because that makes Mm. me feel more comfortable like if Mm -hmm. I can make sure everything is exactly how I need it to be exactly how I want it to be then it feels more comfortable for me but I know with photographers they like to have their own rhythm and pace and I'm putting a lot into this person's hands so I'm really trying to figure out how to live outside my comfort zone with this thing that's coming up. I'm excited, but I'm extremely uncomfortable about it. So how do you intend to relinquish this idea that you have control? Because Girl. when it comes to the photo shoot, you actually don't have the control. I know. The photographer is behind the camera. Girl, I have to have some cocktails or something. <laughs> um <laughs> I have no idea. That's why I'm asking y'all, like, what do you typically do? Um, But yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to have to like do the things that I can control. Like you guys gave me some good ideas. We're talking about like, what are, what's going to be my outfit? Like, what are some of my thoughts around location? Like all of those things that I have a little bit of control around so that on the day it's like, you did your part now allow this professional to do his part you know mm-hmm. so I think that's going to be my way of navigating it a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I was going to say is I think with stepping outside of comfort zone and even just kind of photo shoot is you just have to risk things not coming out like you want them to mm. yeah because that's the honestly that's the worst that could happen and then you just take more photos like or you yeah like it's not and I think sometimes when it's very easy like well if it's not exactly like I wanted then it's ruined and I have to and it's like no it's not ruined like it may just be one photo that you don't like like the whole because like Erica said this is a professional and it's like trusting your instincts that you you know you trust this person to do what they know how to do which is because if you start 
intervening too much, then it's going to affect the quality of what, you know, they're doing. So it's just like the worst that could happen is you might have one or two shots that you don't like and then you don't don't use those that's a good perspective yeah that's a good perspective i think about artists like how do artists know when their art is done like they just keep you know they keep molding it they keep you know changing it until they look at it and they go okay yeah yeah this is it yeah that's it yeah it's so hard to like move outside of your comfort zone with things you know so yeah, that was my question of the week because I'm over here struggling. Good okay. question. Yeah. That was good. That was a good question. Very good question. Well, we have a very, I think, interesting topic for today. Um, so we'll roll right into that. Um, we're going to be talking about toxic positivity. And I know a lot of times we talk about like, you know, the negative Nancys and people who always just kind of have something not positive to say about anything, but sometimes you can have those people who are, who always have this, you know, silver lining message and who always, you want to say, but you know, things could be worse. And, you know, they always kind of want to reframe and kind of change your mindset. And sometimes, you know, that's not always going to be helpful. Um, and there's different reasons for that. So we're going to talk about what is toxic positivity? What does it look like? How can it be actually harmful at times? And what are some ways that maybe we can shift that or just kind of change our wording and our language to where it's not necessarily that we're saying something that is toxic or you know not helpful, but something that might actually be more supportive and validating for people. So I want to kind of get your, you guys kind of idea around toxic positivity. When you hear that phrase, what do you think of? Like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Oh, Pollyanna. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like romanticized. Mm-hmm. Like everything's romanticized. Everything's, you know, like rose colored mm-hmm. as opposed to it being the shade of reality yes i like that like that shade of reality yeah mm-hmm. annoying i can go all day <laughs> well, and unrealistic do y'all know people who you feel like are toxic sure toxic- <laughs> tis i welcome <laughs> why no, do you say you sorry have you girl I work on it because I know that I have had the tendency to be extremely positive. But, you know, in in therapy, I had to work on this, especially after my dad passed away, Mm -hmm. Um, because it was really, really difficult for me because I was always or have always considered myself to be that person that's like adding like brevity and comedy to things. Right. And like a fresh insight. Like that's how I thought of myself. And after my dad passed away, that went completely away, rightfully so. You know, I was experiencing a lot of emotions that I had never allowed myself to experience before. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've really worked on this thought around positivity. And I think it came from a number of places growing up as 
a child existing in a larger body, a, mm. a adolescent existing in a larger body. And like messages that I got from social media for my environment around like, you know, the funny sidekick, you get to be the one that is, you know, you add comedic value to things and people like you because you're so nice and shiny and bright, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that kind of took that personality on um, without understanding where it came from, but it became kind of who I was. And then as I got older and especially, like I said, with the the death of my dad, it really started to challenge a lot of those thoughts around positivity. And I realized um, with the help of good therapy, let me tell y'all, therapists, (laughs) (laughs) we changed the world. But (laughs) (laughs) with the help of a therapist, that was really stunting my process of grief. Because mm-hmm. I was not allowing myself to grieve because I was like, no, I should be, be like, I should be positive right now. And mm-hmm. I should be not strong for my family, but positive for my family. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no, that's, that's not helpful. That's not helping you. It's not helping your family. It's not helping anyone. Um, when people ask you how you're doing, why do you instantly say, I'm good, you know, I'm managing as opposed mm-hmm. to I am falling apart and I don't know what the world is now, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I work on it. So that's probably why you're like, really, Shari? Because my natural instinct is everything's going to be good. Hi, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> as opposed to sitting with mm-hmm. that, like those deep emotions, where that, whatever they are, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I often, when I think about toxic positivity, I think about how it's toxic to other people. And I, you mm-hmm. made me kind of think about, yeah, it can be toxic to you too, because other people yeah. do it a lot. Um, I have a friend, she listens. <laughs> and um, I pointed this out one day to her because, you know, and we've been friends for years and like, she was just always, whenever there was something going on and she was experiencing what she was experiencing you know it would be all good like she would be you know willing to kind of think through her emotions and talk through her emotions and then all of a sudden it would be like insert toxic positive comment here and all of a sudden all of that processing and everything got shut off like and her thing would be oh you know like I was just thinking like I'm just sitting here feeling bad and, you know, going through all this. There are people in this world who are, you know, dying from cancer. And, like, it would just be like, well, well, wait a minute. How did they get introduced into this equation? Hmm. Like, you are dealing with this very real, very emotionally charged experience, situation, and you have now told yourself that you are not allowed to feel what you're feeling. Your feelings are not valid because you're not dying from cancer. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, and trying to understand and for some, and every time. And it was as if she told herself, shut it off, push it down, move along. And then later on down the line, here it comes popping up again. Mm. And then insert toxic positive statement here and it gets shut down again and I think sometimes people think that they're encouraging themselves when in fact what they're doing is they are 
not giving themselves permission to feel and experience things Mm -hmm. that are very, probably very natural reactions to hard things in life. But they do this comparison. I like that. Yeah, I think the first time I heard of it as a concept was a um, a colleague. We shared a supervisor and they made the comment that the supervisor often used a defense of positivity. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, like that's it. And it was always it, you know, would have like a kind of religious tint to it. And what happened is that we would get frustrated because it would come across as no, but you're not hearing us. Like you're not, I don't want to hear how God is good. Mm -hmm. You know, like I need to know that you hear the frustration and the sadness and the anger. Um, And that was the first time I heard it articulated like that. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so on point. And then, you know, along kind of over the years came the idea of toxic positivity. And I see a lot of it within the faith community. And I think, yes, whether you're religious or not, we as a culture, as an American culture, don't do a good job of knowing how to tolerate unpleasant emotions. Um, And so because we don't know how to sit with unpleasant emotions, we want to rush through them um, by like trying to find the silver lining and trying to get to the end. Um, And because we don't know how to sit with our own, we also don't know how to sit with other people's. Right. So then we try to rush them through it by like constantly looking to the bright side. And then on the faith piece, you know, we are taught that we sh- we shouldn't complain and mm-hmm. we should be grateful and God has a plan for everything. And how dare you question? And sometimes that that's like runs up against the, the ability. I, I was like, I think God understands anger. Uh, he, yes. Have you read the right. first yeah. Testament? Yeah. Thank you. I think God uh, uh, is okay with us, you know, being upset mm-hmm. and even questioning him or her or whomever right. i think yeah so we we push that and then you get the comparison piece yeah. and i what's the song i once complained about my shoes until i met a man with, with no, no feet. right lord and and sometimes the i will admit sometimes the comparison piece will help me with perspective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like okay April, you making like you complain about this but be grateful that you For have sure. right x y and z so it is like a balance to try like not to dismiss yeah. right what you're going to but put it into perspective right like right you know, right just put it bring it down a little bit. and it really could be like yes april i am dealing with this thing but it's not the mountain that i'm making yes, it exactly. you know like yes you know so yes. it, and then it does it allows you if you can recognize it you know where some people don't have that that insight, right? To recognize like, okay, this doesn't mean completely throw away what I'm going through. Just yeah. change the magnitude in which yeah. sure. I'm, I'm reacting yeah. to it. Yeah, but I think yeah. so often it's used to cheer people up, right? Let me cheer you up mm-hmm. as opposed to let me validate you. Let me support what you're experiencing. And that's when it can become toxic because it, ends the conversation it kind of ends yes. the, it's yep. the, meant to end the feeling as yeah. opposed mm-hmm. to saying no this feeling that you have is valid and let's sit with it mm-hmm. you know and I think that makes a lot of people uncomfortable including myself you know it makes a lot of people uncomfortable it does I have learned um to kind of identify like which of my friends are going to give me the toxic positivity 
and which ones are just going to be like, you know, I just, you know, I just, I know this is probably really hard. Like, just let me know what you need from me. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's, there's not this, I really need to make them feel better or I don't know what to say. So I'm going to say something positive because I think a lot of times the toxic positivity comes out of someone's own anxiety about how to help you. Um, and assuming they have to do something to help when really they're just listening, being present, um, is the helpful part that you needed. So I have certain, you know, there's certain situations that I know, yeah, I'm probably not going to call them and Mm -hmm. tell them this, you know, and, and for, you know, my particular friend, like sometimes like she will offer to like, you want to talk about it? And I won't want to talk about it, not because... I don't want to talk about it, but I don't want to necessarily talk about this aspect of this thing with you. Not because you're not very well intentioned, but I just know that it will frustrate me when the toxic, those comments come up. Um, And that makes me think um, that, and especially just thinking about my own journey um, with toxic positivity, some people may not know that they have kind of this, a lot of people probably don't know that they carry this pattern or have this way of thinking about things. So what are some examples that we maybe can give people, like if they find themselves veering towards this saying or veering towards this thought or wanting to console people in this way, are there any examples that come to mind for you all? So for me, I think of, if it sounds like a quote, <laughs> mm. <laughs> good vibes only. <laughs> if it sounds like a quoted, like inspirational thing, it could be perceived not all the time, but it could be perceived as a very a kind of a dismissive, positive comment. Instead, listen to see are my words validating. To me, I'm like, mm-hmm. am I validating what you're saying to me or am I trying to put a positive spin on what you're saying to me? And if my words are not validating, the next thing out of my mouth is probably not going to be helpful. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I I would agree with that um, kind of evaluation of and then asking, am I, did I acknowledge this person's emotion right which is pretty much the same thing as validating like am i rushing them to happiness am i am i was my immediate response to fix versus to listen right um and also is how am i feeling like is this about am i trying to calm them or me yes that's big that's really big yeah 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 definitely i you know agree with the things that y'all said like kind of checking to say is this something that you would see on a card (laughs) (laughs) Um, like those one statement fix all you know is Is it a political slogan we'll get through this together (laughs) yes we can a bumper sticker yes we can yes we can (laughs) (laughs) you know um and is it about me I think that's a really good one April um because I think a lot of it comes down to let me like what am I feeling right now 
And because I feel uncomfortable, you probably feel uncomfortable. So let me fix it for the both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I definitely think that's one. Um, I always hear, you know, the think positive thoughts, you know, think positive thoughts, think positive thoughts. And I'm really quick to challenge people on that and to say, you know, no, I want you to think realistic thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. what's really happening in the moment. And how do you really feel about it? You know, um, being positive all the time is not realistic. Um, and so being able to challenge that is a big part of challenging how positivity can be used in a toxic way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I came across this table on my favorite, one of my favorite uh, things, Pinterest. And as you were talking about that, that was one of the things on the list. So they have like this list and it says toxic positivity versus support and validation. And they give kind of like the contrast of like, what is that? What could that look like? And so like the one that you just used, Think Happy Thoughts, was on there. And that's listed as a toxic positivity. How can you change that to be more supportive and validating? And their example says, It's all right if you aren't positive and happy right now. Feel your emotions and let them pass naturally. Mm. You know, you'll, Mm -hmm. you won't always sit in that, you know, that will pass, you know. Um, Some other ones that they have on here is, um, well, you can always look for the positive even in a negative situation. That was considered a toxic positivity Mm -hmm. statement Mm -hmm. they say you can shift it to a more validating statement and saying it's okay if everything seems disappointing right now we can sort things out and find a way to get through this yeah i like that you just because it is what it is right now positive some situations are there's just no positive in it you know exactly are there lessons are there things that you can learn things that you can walk away with certainly but there are some situations where there you don't see the silver lining, right? Mm-hmm. Every cloud has a silver lining, you know. Right. Um, there may be times where there isn't one. Um, and so being able to acknowledge that and especially with relationships and friendships and being able to sit with someone when they say, no, this cloud doesn't have a sil- silver lining, you know, um, sitting with that and not trying to force one on someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even if it does have one, I think they have to, you have to be in a place to see it. Right. So, you know, like that's the kind of whole idea behind post-traumatic growth is that the being able to recognize the strength that you have acquired as a result of the trauma, mm-hmm. but that you got, you can't ignore the post piece. Like it comes after the fact. So trying to point out all these things while someone is still going through it, it's not really helpful. And I think one one thing to think of when thinking about happiness and positivity is that it's not the absence of sadness mm-hmm. or bad days. It's about balance and being able to like two things can exist. Like you can have a string of bad days and bad thoughts. It doesn't mean that you're not a positive person. Um, and I think it's interesting because we just talked about, you know, the other end of the spectrum with the last episode about negative thoughts, which right. is where I live. I can live in the <laughs> the critique <laughs> Um, but I do think that piece around like being positive doesn't mean that you, it's, it's not the absence of negativity. Exactly. Um, but it's, it's balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I do believe that what you feed is what will grow, mm-hmm. but it has to be authentic. So 
you know, I do think there's value in what you choose to focus on and what you kind of, how you interpret in perspective, but you can't ignore the real path of emotion. And again, I just don't think, I don't think we teach about emotions in a, in a positive way. And then once you take in other um, kind of intersections and, and, and pressure around gender and how, you know, men aren't really allowed to have full expression of emotion. And then, you know, as black women, you often aren't allowed or given the space to have also we there's so many just yeah. there's so many reasons yes. why we lean on toxic positivity mm-hmm. like it's not not you know we're not shunning anyone we understand yeah. it um but yeah finding that balance i think is super important. i think that's the problem exactly april like you said like we don't teach people the both and about emotions yeah right like it's like you're either gonna be sad or you're going to be happy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then like, but what is it like to, to hold both of these things? Like that is the reality of life. You know, I, I just, you know, said, I said, life is such a per- peculiar existence in that we are existing in both of these experiences simultaneously. We can have very difficult, painful feelings and emotions and still also have some areas of joy and happiness and mm. and be in both of those spaces at the same time. And I think the whole reason why the whole toxic positivity thing even comes up is because it's telling you, no, you're not allowed to have a both and right. experience. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's a very shaming way of like moving through emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get to to have both. You don't get to be grateful and angry. Mm-hmm. I think about grief and how people mm-hmm. judge grief. Yes, and how they should like, be sad. Why they are they laughing sad. right now? Right. You know? Oh my God. Yeah. Their their husband just died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah. I'm. I'm absolutely sure yeah. there are grief emotions, and then mm-hmm. there might be joy in seeing their children when they For walk sure. in the door, or like like it's it's. Our emotions are complex. It's not one dimensional. Yeah. And we have to start allowing people to live in multiple dimensions of that space. Mm -hmm. But I also think it comes from, like April just said, we don't teach people about, like, we don't teach people about emotions. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that outside of my graduate training, outside of training to be a psychologist, that I had any training around emotions, Hmm. like any training around like how to experience emotions, how to sit with emotions. It was, you are either happy or sad or hungry Hmm. or upset or like, it was literally like you're experiencing this thing, but Mm -hmm. no explanation around what to do with it. You know, and so I think oftentimes when we don't know what to do with things that we're experiencing, we either push it away or pretend that it's not there. You know, it's like this suppression. And so if I don't know how to experience my emotions, then I certainly don't know how to help other people experience their emotions. And so my suppression of it is often for me was positivity you know, so this big emotion that I don't know what to do with it. Let me just suppress it. Let me push it away and let me just be happy. 
mm-hmm. you know, and for some people it may look, be, look like, let me just push it away and act like it's not there mm-hmm. and just, you know, keep going with my life, you know? So I think oftentimes in our society, we do a huge injustice when we don't teach people how to manage their experiences around emotions. We never talk about those things. Yeah, as you were talking, it made me think of um, our discussion around childhood experiences, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, how many of us were told after getting a whipping, stop crying before (laughs) I give you something to cry about. And you did already. So that right. I'm, I'm crying. It, hello. Why do you? I don't. What? You are. Yeah, do you, you know what let, let me hit. Let me hit you. <laughs> and let's and let's try it out and see how you feel. But even that, you know, is a message around. You are not allowed to cry, even though I am inflicting pain upon you. You better suck it up. Fix your or face. Come give what, me a hug. This? Yes. Be happy. Or, about right. It. Right. Right. So we we are already being jacked Jacked. up as kids around what we can express and what is allowed and going back to, you know, boys don't cry. You bet. And then once you once you talk, I I feel like I hope I'm I'm becoming that person. But look at how like racism and white supremacy influences that where black people were often not allowed to be emotionally expressive. Mm -hmm. You had to be able to sit and be demeaned and not show it because that could be your life or your family's life and so when we you know talk about like not being taught about emotions well hell they didn't you know there was no there's a freedom and there is a privilege right in being able to experience all of your emotions to have the space to feel freely and not have to worry about how that's going to affect how you are perceived. And that's what, that's Uh, where it took me to. It took me to, yeah, yeah, well, society has taught us like they've, they've, we've been taught incorrectly, but the society has absolutely taught us. It's taught us that white men are allowed to express their emotions through anger and, and without repercussion. Um, It's taught us that black men are not allowed to express emotion in any shape or form. Um, um, as it can lead to death. Um, when, but black women have been taught to um, minimize their emotion because you had to not complain at the fact yeah. that you had a baby and it was taken from you, but you were to go inside the house and nurse your owner's children. And you had to do that with a smile on your face. Um, you know, and white women have been taught that their white tears will get them what they need. Yeah. And like it will get needs manipulation. Met. Right. And so we have erroneously been taught emotion and how to present that. And 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 that is contributing to so much. And so yeah. It's just yeah. there's it's so much deeper than then just be happy yeah yeah <laughs> don't 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 worry good. be happy yeah yeah that's good certainly i um when i was in grad school i heard a quote because we were reading you know about these different psychologists um early psychologists and um i always connected with carl Jung, and um One of the quotes that he said that just rung with me was, I'd rather be whole than good. Hmm. And that was something that really stuck with me around, you know, especially during kind of this journey through my own toxic positivity 
and being able to say, you know, I'd rather be whole than good. Like I'd rather be my whole self and all that that looks like, whether it's happy in one minute and completely upset or, you know, angry or sad or regretful in the next. Like I would rather be all of that than just minimize to this good. Um, And so I think this discussion kind of wraps that up. Like, are we minimizing ourselves? Are we minimizing those around us for the sake of good, for the sake of happy, Um, as opposed to allowing ourselves and allowing others to show up authentically in the world and in our relationships? So something for you guys to think about. Yeah, I think that's a great takeaway place for our listeners like think about that you know where are you what is what is your rationale for you know maybe you didn't even realize that what you were doing was even toxic um are you validating others experiences are you validating your own experiences if not if it feels more dismissive than supportive then Start being mindful of that. Start reframing how you talk to yourself, how you talk to other people about their emotions Mm -hmm. and maybe start exploring like, what are my emotions and am I allowing myself to actually feel those things? That's good. That's real good, y'all. That's good. That was good. That was a great, great discussion. Mm -hmm. Very timely. Also, I need to send this to some people at work. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna go back to... and listen to it myself. Shoot, <laughs> right? I got some people. I probably need to go ahead and shoot that link on over to. Uh-huh. <laughs> Be like, let's not forget, we in a pandemic. Okay, right. y'all forgot. We don't have to be positive uh, right now. Yeah, That's big. it's all right. Acknowledge. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, speaking of positive. Um, here's the time in our show to send our love to someone who has positively impacted our lives in a small way, big way, medium way, doesn't matter. Somebody that helped your load a little, um, may help to make your load a little bit lighter. Um, anyone like to start? Hmm. I have one, if not. Yes, jump right in. Yeah, go Okay, right. all right. So I'm <laughs> going to shout out my cousin, Adrian. Um, I shouted her out on a, I'll call it a lost file episode. <laughs> uh, but Adrian, well, I shouted her out on the episode because she so graciously sent me my favorite potato chips that were out of season at our Trader Joe's, and she found them in Alabama, and she sent me like five bags. They're all gone, by the way. I think she last bag about two <laughs> two weeks ago so I'm out um but she sent me a journal and I all I did was just comment on a journal that she posted on social media I was like oh my god the journal is so beautiful she was like oh I'll send you one I was like oh no no you don't that's fine I'm just saying I like your journal (laughs) and she sent me a journal with refillable and it's like I've never clearly my journals have come from TJ Maxx and Marshalls (laughs) um and Target so this is my first like leather bound. I was like, "Ooh, I can smell it from the packaging. Wow. This is very oh, nice. Smells like. Very nice. So it was just, it was really thoughtful. Um, and so I just appreciate her always um, coming through and thinking of me. She's definitely, um, and it, it's always at a right time. Yeah. Uh, it's like her timing is impeccable. Um, so just appreciate her 
paying attention and noticing even like when that was not the intent sometimes of what I yeah. say I'm just talking yeah <laughs> wow she sounds so, like such a out. sweet person my goodness exactly. yes yeah yes that that's so awesome. cool and she listens to the podcast Aww. thank you for listening oh, regular Adrian. listener awesome <laughs> that is so sweet yeah. well I want to send my love to my parents I have not shared with the listeners that I am with child <laughs> and it has not been a walk in the park. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess a, about a week or so ago, I was experiencing a lot of struggle and, you know, of course me, like, I'm thinking, no, Erica, like, you're just being a little punk. Like, you're not handling this. Like, normal people just go through their pregnancy. They're not dealing with all these struggles. Like, why are you doing this? Like, you just need to suck it up. Like, and I'm beating myself up. But, y'all, when I tell you I was hurt. And so, <laughs> I guess it got really bad. And... It was, I guess it was, it was a Saturday, it was a Sunday morning and I'm laying in my bed just moaning in agony. I'm just like, this baby's just going to take me out. I've just decided it's just going to take me out. And the doorbell rings and it's my parents. And when I tell y'all, I cried like a little baby because (laughs) I just wanted my parents. I just wanted my mom and my dad. And literally when the doorbell rang, I knew in my mind, I'm like, it's not them. But my brain said, I just wish that was my mom and dad. Like that was what my brain said. So when I heard their actual voices, I just melted. Mm -hmm. So I just want to send my love to them. My parents are my real life superheroes like y'all. They're just my real life superheroes. I have never not had them when I needed them. And yeah. It's it's just that's such an amazing feeling. And I am and I and I feel bad for people who don't have that. And it just makes me so, 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 so very grateful. So that's who I'm sending my love to. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, I want to send my love to a really good friend of ours, Dr. Karina Lyles, um, because yesterday she had a, she created this um, virtual escape room um, because she is an amazing, amazing computer science professor. And so she literally created a virtual escape room for the month of October, um, because typically, you know, you're getting with friends and having costume parties and things like that. And she created a haunted mansion, um, escape room, cocktails and costumes. And how cute. Um, yeah, it was so cute. We did it last night, and unfortunately, our group did not escape. Um, <laughs> April was we were group. close. We were close. We were close. You know, almost made it. Um, Too many cocktails, but, huh? Yeah, many cocktails. <laughs> I wish I could even blame the cocktails. It was good and sober. It was so much fun, y'all. It was so much fun. Um, so I want to send my love to her for just being innovative and amazing and thoughtful to like create things like that. Um, the proceeds from that 
haunted mansion um escape room goes to a stem truck that she has created and uses to teach coding and science and technology to kids in rural areas and so if you're interested in doing the stem truck right so i'm gonna plug her for a minute if you're interested in doing the haunted mansion um virtual escape room you can find it at stem truck so it's s-t-e-m stem truck haunted mansion um and all the proceeds go to this truck um that she takes and it's it's mobile so it goes to different like small areas and you know different schools will have her come in and just really teach coding and things to um kids in the community which we all know is the way in which the world is moving now with all this technology. So it's pretty cool. Wow. We need to get her to write up a little something. And and so we can post that. I would love for us to post that on our social media and share that. Yeah. Yeah. It was super fun. It was so fun. Like it, and I can't like it, I can't believe her mind created it. Like it was so amazing. It's, it was so amazing. Like it was, it felt like a very similar to a real, Yeah. yeah, very similar. Wow. Like you did, the team yeah. aspects and I mean it was all virtual like she literally coded all of it you know so that's amazing. It's, it's pretty cool um so I want to send my love to her because it was a really good fun experience especially right now when you can't be around friends and family and so um yeah thank you for doing that girl awesome 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 so we have reached the end of our show thank y'all so much for rocking with us for another week we cannot tell you how grateful we are every week um that you guys come back to listen um as you're listening you know you can definitely find us on all of your podcast platforms um make sure to like comment we do read the comments and subscribe um share us with others um and continue to support us in that way you can always find us on instagram or facebook at three sykes and a mic or if you have questions or if you'd like to send us things via email you can contact us at three sykes and a mic at gmail.com um so thank y'all for listening thank you so much for hanging in with us and we will see y'all next week right stay positive but don't be toxic t-shirt 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 Okay, bye. <laughs>